This is Dr. Benny Tate, and you're listening to the Leeds Club Podcast, all about leadership, personal growth, and encouraging you in your walk with God. Our goal is simple, to help you lead like you never have before in your church, business, home, or whatever platform God has given you. Our next Lead Club session begins now. Mark gave me a call and he said, uh, Benny, would you come down and speak to our staff about care, care? And I said, well, I want, I want to do that. But then I started talking to our communications people and I said, well, let's, let's not just go down and share it with uh, Northridge Church. Let's go down and let's record this because I believe we can use this to help a lot of churches. So uh, I just want to share with you basically what I do and what we've done as a church. And uh, there's a statement. Uh, I heard uh, Oswald Sanders make, make this statement. John Maxwell's made this statement famous, but actually it started with Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt said, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Rick Warren said, a church will not grow beyond its ability to care for its people. I added something to it and I said, why should it? Why should a church grow beyond its ability to care for its people? Kerry Nyhoff recently said this. He said, if pastors could better handle the issue of pastoral care, many more churches would grow. Here's the foundation for me. Some churches are known for a great orator. They've got a great communicator in the pulpit. And people will almost, they won't name the church, they'll name that speaker, that preacher, and they'll say, let's go to his church, great communicator. Some are known for a great communicator. Some are known for their music. They've got phenomenal worship. They've got phenomenal music. And it's almost, you, you go there knowing that the, the worship is incredible. You know, it's just, it's just superb. It may be a massive choir. It may be worship. And so certain churches are, are, are known for that. What I decided early on is I did not want our church to be known for either. Of course, there's no danger of it being known for the first thing I spoke of. But I didn't want our church to be known for either one of those. And here's why. John 13 and 35, Jesus said these words. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that ye have love one for another. Wouldn't it be great, team, if a church was known for the care that it has for one another? Wouldn't it be known that place there, they really care about people? Now, now let me share with you. We all need mentors in our life. Every, let me, let me tell you, sorry, this is not the message, but, uh, you know, everybody needs, a, needs Paul in your life. I, I would challenge every one of you. You need Paul in your life. You need somebody that, that has been where you haven't been, that's leading you, and you need a Paul in your life. I'll tell you what else. You need a Barnabas in your life. And what I mean by Barnabas in your life, you need somebody who's just going to encourage you unconditionally. You just need encouragement in your life. All people respond to praises and raises. Amen? And then you need a Timothy in your life. You need somebody that you're pouring into. No matter what your status is, you need somebody that you're pouring into. 
One of the Pauls in my life is a man named Sam Chan. He's a mentor in my life. He, he mentors me. I was recently talking to Sam Chan, and I said, Sam, our churches are going back. We're, we're, we're physically going back into the buildings. He said, yes. I said, now, some are going back strong. Some are not going back so strong. He said, yes. I said, what is determining whether or not a church is going back into their facility strong? This is what he said to me. He said, when most of our churches closed our facilities in March, he said, those that stayed in contact, those that stayed caring for their people, those that stayed ministering to their people, they're in contact, they're in care, they're, they're reaching out to them. He said, Pastor Benny, those have come back strong. He said, those who basically closed the church, and they went into the basement themselves. Now they've announced they're open, but the people are not coming back. He said, care is vital. I said, well, talk to me about the churches that have done well financially, Sam. Some have, some have done well financially. Uh, seven churches a day in America close their doors. Some churches, not so much. Talk to me about the churches that have done well financially. What separates those? He said, Pastor, the churches that have done well financially are the churches that have been blessing the community. They've been doing things like going to the hospital and providing meals for the hospital staff. They've been doing things like going to the school system and doing something for the teachers, doing some. They are the churches that have been making monetary donations to organizations and making their people aware of where the money is going. Those are the churches that have done well financially. And I said, my goodness, it all boils down to care because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Let me give you some six or seven statements concerning care that will maybe, maybe will be a help to you. Number one, see your people as a privilege, not as a responsibility. See your people as a privilege, not as a responsibility. God has given you, you, a wonderful privilege of shepherding the people that he sent to you. And you've got to see people, you've got to see people as a privilege and not as a responsibility. Every, every Sunday, every Sunday, when I go to church or you go to church, we have one of two attitudes. Pastor Benny has one of two attitudes. Here's it. Either I am or there they are. And let me tell you, on different levels, we can all get caught up in here I am. But the proper attitude is there they are. And you've got to see people as a privilege. You've got to see it's a privilege to care and minister that God sent these people to you and it's a wonderful, wonderful privilege. Cameron uh, Shiflet's with me today. Cameron's our executive pastor, been with me over 20 years, does a wonderful, wonderful job. If you said like, I'd like to ask Pastor Benny something about the church, you would be far better to ask him. 
No, he'd know far more about day-to-day and activity. He can answer you so much better. People think, oh, I, 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 would, I would give anything if I could be with Brother Benny an hour. He would do so much more to help you than I would in the hour. I promise you that. Cameron and I were in Nashville, Tennessee. We were at a restaurant. We were at a restaurant. It was a fish house. I don't know if any of you have ever been. It's called Cock of the Walk. Cock of the Walk. Let me tell you something, brother. You put a piece of that fish on top of my head, my tongue beat my brains out. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, I'm just telling you, it is delicious. So we had this great meal, and Cameron and I, Cameron and I was, was, was pulling out. I said, stop. He said, stop. I said, yes. I want to take a picture of that sign. You want to take a picture of the sign? Yes, stop. Get out. I'm taking a picture of the sign. This is what the sign said. We had to be here. You had a choice. Thank you for coming. We had to be here. You had a choice. Thank you for coming. I go back to the church. I give every one of them a postcard. <laughs> you had to be here. We had to be here. You had a choice. Thank you for coming. If you come to Rock Springs Church now and you leave, as you pull out every exit, we had to be here. You had a choice. Thank you for coming. You've got to see your people as a privilege and not as a responsibility. The second thing I would say to you, every person needs care. Every person needs care. People are not for the church. The church is for the people. People are not for the church. The church is for the people. Everybody needs care. There was a lady who went to the post office and she was standing in line at the post office to get some stamps. And finally, one of the workers walks up to this older lady and says, Ethel, you don't have to stand in this line. There's a stamp machine right over there. You don't have to stand in the line. It's, it's automated. And Ethel said, yes, but the stamp machine won't ask about my arthritis. Everybody needs care. Let, 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 me, let me tell you something that all people want, especially you young people. I, I want to pour this into you. All people want three things. All people want to be acknowledged. All people want to be acknowledged. That's why it's so important that we walk slowly through the crowd. Because I want you to understand, everybody wants to be acknowledged. You give respect, you give dignity to people when you acknowledge people. Sam Walton, founder of Walmart, he had a 10-foot rule. Yeah, if you came within 10 foot of somebody, 10 feet of somebody, and you worked for Sam Walton, you were to smile at that person and greet that person. 
Because Sam Walton understood everybody wants to be acknowledged. It gives dignity to a person when you acknowledge them. It gives value to a person when you acknowledge them. So, so everybody wants to be acknowledged. Somebody spoke of the connection with political people, and I've always enjoyed studying political history. Dolly Madison, the wife of James Madison, first lady of our country, she was famous for parties. She was, she was the one that really created the bipartisan, the both sides working together. It was a lady named Dolly Madison. I know we don't do that now, but they used to do that. They both sides, and they would come to Dolly Madison's parties. And finally, they asked her, they said, Dolly, why do, why do you have such great parties? Why does everybody want to come? She said, well, it's how I greet people when they come, and it's how I say bye to them as they leave. She said, see, everybody that shows up at the party, I say, oh, at last, you're here. At last, you're here. And when they leave, no matter when they leave, I always say, I'm so sorry. You have to leave so early. It's in the greeting. It's in the exit. Here's what I want to say. Everybody wants to be acknowledged. Let me tell you a second about everybody. Everybody wants to be appreciated. <laughs> Business goes where it wants, but it stays where it's appreciated. People can feel love. Everybody wants to be acknowledged and everybody wants to be appreciated. William James said the deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. See, every one of us, Mary Kay Ash was right. Mary Kay Ash said every one of us have an invisible necklace hanging around our neck. And this invisible necklace says, make me feel good about myself. Everyone, I've got one on, you've got one on, he's got one on. Everybody wants to be acknowledged, everybody wants to be appreciated, but let me tell you something, everybody wants to be affirmed. Everybody wants to be affirmed. One little boy said to his dad, Dad, let's play darts. <laughs> I'll throw and you say wonderful. Everybody wants to be affirmed. Here's what I'd say to you, staff. It's your responsibility to want more for your people than you want from your people. It's your responsibility to want more for your people than you want from your people. And everybody wants to be affirmed. Somebody said it best. Flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. Encourage me and I will not forget you. The third thing I want you to understand today is care begins with leaders. Care begins with leaders. So, Pastor Benny, at your church, do you, uh, do you have a care pastor? No, 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 I really don't. We're all care pastors. Because here's what I want you to understand. A shepherd ought to smell like sheep. A shepherd ought to smell like sheep. Care begins with leaders. You don't have to do these things. You, 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 don't, you don't have to do these things. But I want you said, I just want to exemplify some of the some of the things I do. 
Because here, here's what I know, team, and you've got a great leader. And you know what your leader knows? You don't teach what you don't know and you don't lead where you don't go. I am, I, I am 55 years old and the greatest, the greatest leadership principle I've ever learned is this one, monkey see, monkey do. It's the greatest leadership principle. I'm just, it's, it's the greatest leadership principle. So, so here's what I want to say. This is just me. Every day we have a system called arena and uh, at, at our church, and I, many of you I'm sure are familiar with it, but, but every day on this phone right here, my assistant will send to me birthdays and anniversaries every day. So what happens is I, I don't sit in the office and do it, but as I'm going somewhere for lunch, Hello, Sally. This is Pastor Benny. I just wanted to call and wish you a happy birthday. Hope you have a great day. God bless. You say, well, why would you do that? Because it says to people that I care. See, I, I, I brought you something today. This is for you all. I'll give it to you. I brought you something. This is world famous. My wife makes this. This is banana bread. The Bible says every man's a friend to him that giveth gifts. Every man's a friend to him that giveth gifts. Let me tell you what I've even done during COVID. Your wife's in the hospital. You've been somewhere 30 years. You know some of the hospital workers. And I call a nurse and say, well, you meet me outside. Sure I will. I've got some banana bread. I said, you take this inside. And would you give it to blank? And she takes it inside and says, Pastor Benny is praying for you. His wife, Miss Barbara, made this banana bread. Just wants you to know he's praying. And every time she looks at that banana bread and every time she eats that banana bread, it's a constant reminder to her. He cares. He cares. He didn't have to do that. His, his wife didn't have to do that, but, but, but he did that. Look, here, here, look here. I'll show. Here's what we did at the church. Here's what we did at the church. These are designer cards. Wishing you comfort from the desk of Benny Tate. Thinking of you at this sad time and wishing you comfort. It's just a, it's just a card saying I care about you. This is just one personally from me praying for you. I don't have to write much. It's already on the card. Just a few lines praying for you. Already designed. Congratulations, already, already designed. Don't have to write much. Doesn't take a whole lot of time. But, but let me tell you something. Never underestimate the power of a handwritten card. Don't you think the text and the emails will ever equate for that? That is far more powerful than all the technology in the world. When, when I get the mail at home, I go in, Barbara's got the mail, and she says, there's the mail. You know, if I look down there and there's something from AT&T, and then there's a card to Benny Tate, guess which one I open up first? Amen? There's just something about it. And it's just a way, it's just a way of saying you care. It's just a way. You know, every person that uh, passes away, I've got, I think I've got four or five funerals this week, not an exaggeration. But I'm speaking to you today. And at the church, I did a CD. I did a message on handling loss. What do you do when you've experienced great loss? Today, while I'm speaking to you, 
My staff will mail out cards, but they'll mail out that CD. We know you've experienced great loss. And we just want to send this out to you. It's a message by Pastor Benny on how do you handle loss. Care begins with the leaders. Okay. The fourth thing I want to say to you is the leader can't do it alone. He can't do it alone. He or she can't do it alone. See, I think, uh, I think the pastor <laughs> has to let go of the people and the people have to let go of the pastor. Now, I will elaborate on this. There's a reason why most churches never break the 200 barrier. Most churches in America will never break the 200 barrier. And I'll tell you why. The pastoral care becomes crushing for one individual. <laughs> it becomes crushing for one individual. And, and, and here's, I think, some things that we've done to help uh, say and help project that the, that the leader can't do it alone. Let me, let me say this. Uh, the first thing we've done is convey every member a minister. Convey every member a ministry. 1 Peter 4 and 10 says this, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. See, we're all called to be ministers. And, and, and the whole secret is getting your people to care for one another. Because here, here's, what's, here's what's wonderful. A shepherd, Pastor Mark's the shepherd, but a shepherd can't produce sheep. Only sheep can produce sheep. See, great preachers don't build great churches. Great churches build great preachers. It was a great day in my life when I realized I was not an eagle sitting on a hummingbird's nest. I was a hummingbird sitting on an eagle's nest. So it's imperative that as leaders that you all are conveying that every member must be a minister. We have our next steps, and I come in on week four, and that's what I convey, that listen, we want to serve you because we want you to serve others. The second thing I'd say, urge everyone to join a small group. Urge everyone to join a small group. Kerry Nyhoff said this. He said 98% of pastoral care is having someone who cares. 98% of pastoral care is having someone who cares. And I'm just saying, you're, you're, you're caring through small groups. A pastor can't do it alone. <laughs> I mean, he can't do it. It's beyond his reach. You have to have people caring for people, and you have to encourage that. You have to be intentional in encouraging that. Third thing I would say to you uh, at our church, the deacons serve and provide care. The deacons serve, and I mean, really, we, we take it back to what the word mean, means in the original context. It's servant. You say, we, we, we've established churches wrong where this deacon board is some decision-making body and making the decisions for the church. There's nothing biblical about that, by the way. Deacons should be serving. And here's what I want you to know. 
we have it allocated. They have families and they have families that they're responsible for. But I want you to know, at Rock Springs Church, we have a daily email that goes out to deacons and sometimes it's more than once daily. And it's letting our deacons know about the needs, the care needs in the church. Because it's the Acts chapter 6 principle. Let me tell you the fifth thing I've learned. <laughs> Caring for others is work. <laughs> hey, little listen. This I don't know if this is original, but it's true. <laughs> this is what I've learned in Pastor Now all these years. Opportunities to care come at inopportune times. Amen? Opportunities to care come at inopportune times. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, years ago I went to a conference and I was, you know, high energy, low IQ. I was trying to learn about church growth. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. I'd, and a guy got up and said something. I'll never forget it. He said, growing a church is not brain surgery. I want y'all to know this. I'm not some smart guy. I'm not some guy with some high IQ. I mean, I was in the bottom half that made the top half possible. Amen? In the class. No, I, I'm not that. I'm just being transparent. I mean, you know, I never was real good. You know, like I said, I never was, never was real good. You know, I remember uh, one time I brought my report card home. The grades were terrible. And uh, my mother got so upset. True story. I mean, she was irate. You know, you got D's and you got F's and, you know, you, know, you got all these grades. She said, she said, it's terrible, Benny. She was just giving me up and down one side, the uh, up, down the other. And my sister spoke up and said, Mama, there's a good side to this. She said, good side too. You hadn't looked at his report card. She said, there is a good side. At least we know Benny's not cheating. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, but all I'm saying, God, let me, let, let, I'm just telling you ministry's nasty. I'm just telling you ministry is work. There, there's no simple formula. It will work if you work it. Now, let, me, let me tell you the sixth thing. And I just want to go deep inside, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty much done. Number six, and I just added this personally, is be a giver. Just uh, be a giver. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not deep, <laughs> but I'm not stuck. And team, this is how I live every day of my life. Not one day, I live every day of my life. I wake up every day and I say, God, who can I pour into? Who can I give to today? Who can I maybe be a blessing to? And if you wake up every day and you say, uh, Lord, who can I, who can I pour into? You know, let me tell you a story now, just a story. To tell you two stories. I didn't mean to tell you this one, but I'm at the church yesterday. I'm working on a sermon. I'm putting my carrying something to put in my car. And I get a call while I'm carrying it. I'm talking to this guy. And I look over here and there's a young man standing there. And I'm on the phone, and he's standing there, and he says, can I talk to you? I said, sure. So I finished the call up, and I talked to him. He said, I'm having marriage problems. He said, my wife is, my wife's leaving me. I said, I'm so sorry. He said, I hadn't been what I ought to be. 
But he said, I've, I've acknowledged and I, I'm, I'm wanting my home. I said, well, I, we talked on. and I said, where is your wife? And he said, she's coming right here right now. She's going to meet with the counselor. She's telling the counselor that we're getting a divorce. She's made up her mind. She's not going to stay in it anymore. She said, Pastor Benny, we've, he said, Pastor Benny, we've got two kids. She's walking away. She can't take it anymore. I said, well, let's walk up here. And there she was in the car. And she got out of the car, and I started talking to him a little bit. And I said, what time is your appointment? They said, two. I said, well, let's go in here to the counselor. And the counselor wasn't there. And I said, well, just sit down and let me talk to you. And we sat down and we spent, I don't know, about 30 minutes. And I started talking to him. I started talking to him about the need for accountability and how I would set him up with some brothers in the church to hold him accountable. And we have a counseling ministry called JBOC Ministry. And I said, I can get you all in this counseling ministry and we can deal with some anger management. We can deal with a lot of things. I prayed with him. And I said, sis, are you willing to try? She said, I'm willing to try. I said, let's go up to JBOC ministry. Let me get you started today. I took them up there and introduced them to the counselors, and, and I left. And I think it was a result of just waking up and saying, God, who do you want me to pour into today? Who do you want me to give to today? Because God's got all kind of people out there, and they need people just like us to care for them. They need people just like us to be a, a giver. Uh, let me tell you this story, and then I'll, I'll pray with you. There's a, there's a pastor out in Texas. Cameron and I went to his church. His name's Robert Morris. Robert Morris. He's a great speaker. And uh, he said they had a, had a guy in the church that would walk around and give away $100 bills. That was his ministry, just walk away and give away $100 bills. And so Cameron and I went out there for two or three services and kind of hung around. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> But Robert Morris was Robert Morris was preaching this message, and he was talking about tithing. He was talking about being a giver, and there was a lady in his church who was really. She said, "You know, this seems to be biblical." And she had a week, and she made a thousand dollars. And she said, "If I do what Pastor Morris says, hundred dollars—that's a lot of money." And she said, "I was, I was writing the check, I was writing the check, and something said to me." Give 120. And she said, I said, well, but 10% God. And she said, something said to me, give 120. We've all been there. And, and she said, I wrote the check for 120. She said, I was leaving church. And she said, I didn't realize it, but a man walked up. And it was the $100 man. <laughs> and he said, I'm supposed to give that woman some money. And this man gave away $100 bills. And he said, something said to him, give her 120. And he said, no, 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 God, I'm the $100 bill man. <laughs> you know, remember, I'm, I'm not the 120, I'm the $100 bill man. But something said to him, give 120. So he said, 
I gave her 120. Anna, Robert Morris told that story. And then he, then he went home that night and they was having dinner. It was a Saturday night service and they was, they was getting ready to have dinner and his daughter said, Dad, can I see you in your office? She, he said, yeah. He said, this daughter had actually been away from the Lord. She'd been away from the Lord. He said, can I see you in the office? And Robert said, I stepped in the office with her. And she said, Daddy, can I ask you something? He said, you can ask me anything, honey. She said, uh, you said there's a man that in our church who's the $100 bill man. And she said, uh, Daddy, you're that man, aren't you? He said, honey, uh, yeah. But he said, I didn't lie. I didn't lie. I just said there was a man in our church whose ministry was giving away $100 bills and I'm in the church. I didn't lie. He said, honey, why, why did you ask me that? She said, I remember looking back over my life. And I remember looking back over my life the times I'd see you walk away and you'd shake somebody's hand and you'd place something in their hand. All through my life as a little girl, I remember, Daddy, you doing that. And he said, then she said these words. Daddy, I want to be just like you. And Robert Morris said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And all I want to say to you, live your life as a giver because givers always have more than enough and takers never have enough. And it doesn't, it leaves a fragrance in your hand when you give flowers to other people. It, 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 it does you so much good when you say, God, I want to be a giver. I want to give my time, my talent, my personality, my resources. I, I just want to be a giver because I just want to care for people. Thank you for joining us for today's Leeds Club session. We hope you feel encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information or resources about leadership, be sure and check out our website at rockspringsonline.com leadership. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, personal growth, and encouragement. As you walk with God, we want to help you get to the next level.